This is a podcast from BFM 89.9, the business station. Good afternoon. This is Earth Matters on The Bigger Picture. I'm Juliet Jacobs. Traffic have been working with Post Malaysia for the past four years to help the postal service better detect wildlife in the mail, which is a massive problem worldwide with people and businesses using mail and courier services to send live wild animals and their parts and products to customers. So today on the show, I'm joined by Renee Yi. She's a training and capacity building officer at Traffic. And we're going to find out all about the crazy smuggling methods that people use. Uh, we're also going to discuss some interesting cases, I suppose you could call that, uh, and also the different species involved in trafficking and how the training has helped tackle the illegal trade of wildlife. Welcome, Renee. How are you today? I'm good. Thank you so much for joining me today. So it's lovely to have you uh, on the show. So I think maybe, you know, just for our listeners, maybe let's uh, do some background information first, right? Before we talk about the, uh, you know, how it's happening through the post. So we do know that Malaysia has been called a global hub, uh, quote unquote, of smuggling and trafficking of wildlife. Can you help lay out why? I think Malaysia is in a very unique spot. We are in a region that is biodiverse. We are, we are treated like a source. We have a lot of wildlife species. We are rich in all kinds of plants and animals. But at the same time, we are also geographically very strategic. Mm -hmm. We are in the centre of movement of anything that's between west to east or east to west. And added to that, we also have really good transport and logistics services. So when you combine all that together, and the fact that not only do we have source, very good source, and very good movement, we are also consumers. Mm. So there are many, many, many components that make us a global hub. Everything just falls into place and, you know, everything works well, everything works fine. We can provide people with things, we consume things and we move things fast. Mm. So that's why we're considered a global hub. Okay, I think I, I've read uh, uh, your colleague Kanita describing it as we tick all the boxes pretty much, right? About yes. <laughs> Unfortunately. Unfortunately. Yeah. <laughs> of all the credentials to have. But I was also reading some analysis uh, by traffic and this implicated Malaysia, as you mentioned, you know, as a source, transit or final destination. Mm -hmm. uh, and these, these dates given were between 2008 and August 20, uh, 2021, right? Can you elaborate and give us, you know, what are some of the statistics that you guys uh, have sort of come up with or that you guys, uh, you know, based on your observations? Right. During that range, that duration, we're looking at at least 3,000 different wildlife parts and products. So when we're talking about smuggling through post or career, you're not looking at the whole animal, not all the time. Mm. So you're talking about parts and products. So either the wildlife is being produced into a different item or it's part of a wildlife. And when we mention wildlife, don't forget about plants. So mm -hmm. we're talking about animals and plants, wild animals and plants. So in that duration, what we found in the data, open source data, was at least 3,000 parts and products. And it is moved from different places, um, some going out, some coming in, and some maybe just using Malaysia as a transit sometimes, and it's just going somewhere else. Okay. All right. So again, again, we are just ticking all the boxes. And I was reading one uh, one interesting stat, actually, additional 624 mm -hmm. kilograms of pangolin scales, right, were also seized during that same period, right? Yes, yes. And um, that was an interesting case. We didn't, we've always seen cases of maybe something in a parcel or something in several boxes going somewhere. But that was a big case mm. um, because it's a total of 600 plus. So each maximum weight for one parcel, you shouldn't exceed 30 kgs. Mm. So they, what they did was they packed everything into several boxes. Um, they knew how to send it from different locations, but they were all headed the same place. I they were see. all headed 
to an international location out of Malaysia to the same consignee, as they call it. Okay. Yeah. Okay. All right. We're going to talk about that case a little bit more, I'm sure. Right. Okay. All right. And um, I, you know, as I was doing my reading as well, and this is something else that I found that according to traffic, uh, pandemic-related movement restrictions uh, and the explosion of basically online shopping, right, that we've all become so used to, that actually uh, has driven the use of mail, courier, and parcel services. Mm-hmm. Right. So, can you help me elaborate more on that? Well, just like every one of us, like you said, is everything just moved online. With us being stuck in the house, we everybody's buying everything online. And unfortunately, that includes wildlife parts. So whether they were buying it as um, medicine mm-hmm. or whether they was buying it as pets or just something like a trophy to hang on a wall or keep on a shelf, mm-hmm. everything is online. So when people started selling on social media and e-commerce platforms, and then it had to be then distributed. So then a lot more movement was detected through either postal or courier. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And and further on that, um, you know, as you mentioned earlier as well, Malaysia's strategic position and basically we had excellent uh, logistics, right? And that was being used to, uh, ex- that was actually being exploited by the criminals, right? Maybe you can help lay out how are they actually exploiting the fact that we've got such good, uh, our, our wonderful location and right. our excellent logistics. How are criminals actually using that and exploiting it for this illegal trade? Right, right. So what... Um Here, I'll expand a little bit. So let's look at just transport and logistics as a whole. So because we have really good um, air systems and they're very efficient and relatively cheap, so people want to move things fast. Mm -hmm. So they want to move things from one place to another fast. So for example, some people would use baggage, passenger baggage, Mm. or they would carry things on the passenger itself. In terms of postal and courier, it's all about speed. It's all about who's fastest. So because the companies are focused on delivering fast, which is a good thing for them, but therefore we have smugglers who want to use that as a way of transport to then bring a smuggled bird or part part of a mammal, for example, an insect for someone who's maybe from one point of Malaysia to the other point of Malaysia, they use these services because they're fast and they're also relatively cheap Mm -hmm. yeah okay okay because we know right i mean when we order something like something from china for example it comes in like less than a week now or something like that so the efficiency is kind of the the name of the game and so i guess you know there's always uh ways to exploit that as well isn't it yes okay all right and so these are some of the loopholes and and some of the methods you would say that are being used by the smugglers yes so a lot of times i won't say all the time but most of the time they would misdeclare Mm-hmm. So obviously they won't put exactly what yeah. they are moving. So they will either misdeclare it totally and they use a very generic term, a very general trade term to not, um, to not, so don't risk it. Sure. Or they would then, we have cases where we have people who would just state exactly what they are moving. So I don't know why they do that, but oh. obviously they, they get caught. But they either misdeclare or they will hide it. Okay. So it's in a box of clothes. Somewhere in there is a smuggle item. Okay. But they will declare it as clothes or toys. And those are the several of the common uh, methods we've seen. A lot of times it's toys because toys is a mixture of different items. Mm. It's weirdly shaped. So it's easy to hide things in them. 
Okay. Yeah. Okay. So there's so many ways, lah. Basically, that they can just manipulate it, and and yeah. Okay. All right. Correct. Got it. And and how can you know? Can you give our listeners sort of like uh, I guess a, a view of how big this problem is, right? You know, can you help contextualize the scale of this trade for them? Like, who are the major players? Who are yeah? Anything at all that you can share with us? Right. So in terms of the best way I can think of is, it really isn't just a matter of one or ten boxes traveling from one point of let's say, Kuala Lumpur to Sabah or Sarawak. Mm. We're looking at a huge, huge, huge number. So if we're looking at just in the span of maybe 10 years, the data you mentioned earlier, 3,000 plus parts and products. So that's a lot. And that's what was discovered. Correct. And that's what was reported. You don't know what else already gone through. So we're looking at really large numbers in that sense. And at the same time, if you look at um, the different kinds of wildlife, we're not just talking about, everyone knows about, oh, cute monkeys, everyone wants a monkey as a pet, or everyone wants a tarantula as a pet. We're talking about endangered plants, Mm -hmm. plants that can only be found on one hill, for example, in Kota Kinabalu in Sabah. But we have people who want to collect it, and that gets sent everywhere. We're talking about snails, we're talking about pangolin scales, and we're talking about parts of a big animal such as a rhino, you get rhino horns, so it's all kinds of everything that you can find online, you can also see in Postal Parcel. In a bigger picture, if you're looking at wildlife trafficking, um, in terms of its ranking in the illicit trade in the world, it's not a small number, it's huge. It comes after drugs, counterfeit items, and human trafficking, and it's number four. Okay. So it's we're talking about billions of dollars. So it's a huge, huge amount of money in this illicit trade. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's pretty much an organised crime syndicate almost, yeah. right? So the two things that a lot of the reports that come out... So the thing about estimates of the value is that they're all estimates because it's an illicit trade. Yeah. Um, but the other thing that they point out is not only is it a very highly profitable business for the traffickers, it is also it also involves transnational crime. It involves a lot of parties you won't be able to send something across three different countries unless you have friends along the way. Yeah. So, you know, it's, it's a huge syndicate and there are many people involved. So it's a big problem. Okay. Yeah. And big problems, of course, you know, require a lot of very clever sort of solutions, right? Mm-hmm. So we're going to come back uh, after this quick break and let's talk about uh, a little bit about, you know, some of the, I guess, some of the cases and some of the ways that people are actually uh, trying, the way that you guys are actually trying to help uh, sort this out. I'm speaking today to Renee Yi. She's a training and capacity building officer at Traffic. We're talking about how wildlife is being uh, sent through the mail and the postal services and actually how traffic are uh, training uh, folks uh, in the postal services and in courier services yeah. to help identify and to tackle this problem. We'll have more after this quick break. Keep it right here on Earth Matters on The Bigger Picture, BFM 89.9. Welcome back. This is Earth Matters on The Bigger Picture. I'm Juliet Jacobs. In the studio with me today is Renee Yi. She's a training and capacity building officer at Traffic. We're talking about how wildlife is being moved through the mail and through post- postal services. We're also going to discuss how t- uh, Traffic and through the work that Renee is doing as, uh, along with her colleagues are helping to train those working in the postal services and career services to help identify uh, and to kind of ba- to basically put a stop to these sm- uh, smuggling methods. We're going to discuss that a bit more after this. But Renee, I forgot to ask you this before the break, right? Um, 
any any of these cases because you know you helped uh, sort of elaborate how huge uh, this this problem is you know but maybe you can get to some nitty-gritty like maybe you can share some examples of cases right uh, you know what are some of the ways people have been smuggling and trafficking wildlife through the post uh, what are they smuggling and trafficking yeah can tell us some cases um the one that stands out to me right now is very relatable to us because it's a Malaysian case so we talk about it all the time because it's when uh, Perhutan discovered a venomous snake, some toads and some insects in a package that was beautifully wrapped and labelled Happy Birthday. Oh, no. So, you know, when I when I do my events and I give this case and I, every, I tell everybody, please don't give me a birthday present. <laughs> I don't want a venomous snake in my parcel. Yep. Um, so they disguise it that way. Or in another case where... This is also a Malaysian case, unfortunately. It's, um, it's the species of plant named Nepenthes. And they're very, very unique and only found in certain forests in Malaysia. And it was packed and wrapped up in paper and newspaper and sent all the way to the US. And then we have cases, like I said just now, where you just pack anything and everything you can find. And they're usually babies, so small tortoises, small lizards. They wrap it in a sock and then they just chuck it into boxes of toys. So... These people are not really caring. They don't really, they're not, the intention is not to get the animal there alive. The intention is just to pack as much as they can and see what reaches alive. So the declaration would be toys Mm -hmm. or children's clothes, but it's all just stuffed in. And a lot of the times, the animals don't make it by the time they're discovered. Yeah. And then we have cases where we have a case of the whole carcass of a slow loris was packed in a box of dried chilies. And I think the dried chilies is to mask the smell. So they use chilies, they use tea leaves, they use all sorts of beans. And we also had cases of ivory, I think, that was going to Hong Kong. And they just put a lot of pet food. They just cover it with pet food because I think they're worried that the sniffer dog can sniff out something. So that was declared as pet food. Okay. Penguin scales going to Hong Kong declared as mascara. All sorts. Oh, yeah. people, uh, they will just come up with more and more creative ways. Yes. yes, and this is just poster and courier. If we're looking at people who fly, it's it gets even more interesting how they pack their bag, how they pack it on themselves. So that's also quite fun. Okay, yeah. you shouldn't give ideas to people, right? So, okay, I won't ask you how they're doing it, but uh, so all sorts of crazy things. And, um, and actually, my question was going to be like, don't they want it to arrive alive? But I guess that's not the point necessarily, or they're just taking the risk, like whatever. Yes, because a lot of the times... They're not really reputable sellers. Of course. So yeah. once the money's been transferred, they just deliver. And if, if anything happens along the way, it's not their fault. It's I mean, not their, they, yeah, they're not responsible for it. And what can the and obviously the buyers the buyer. doing illegal things. So yes, yeah, so they're not going to complain about it. Right. Yeah. Wow, how awful! That's like just levels of awful here. Okay, but okay. The good thing here is, of course, <laughs> yes. you guys have been working with stakeholders, uh, including mm. Post Malaysia, right? And you're going to yes. and you've you know been discussing the misuse of postal services uh, to traffic wildlife internationally, you know, uh, and how it can be curbed, right? And I think this was a program that was called uh, Out of the Box, removing the risk of wildlife smuggling from. Malaysia's International Meal Service. is a project. Can you tell us about that? Yes. So we started this project in 2019, just right before the COVID right, pandemic yeah. hit. Uh, we engaged with Post Malaysia Berhad at that time and it was excellent. We had great liaison. They were very committed, very excited to work with us for two years. Um, because of what happened during that time, during the pandemic, we were able to extend mm. the project and do a bit more. But along the way, they have done so much they have looked at 
they are improved their systems. They have done a lot of training. So under the project, we conducted several trainings for them. It was for post-Malaysia International Hub personnel, those who are based at the hub near the airport who are looking at parcels coming in and out. Okay. Just them. But Malaysia, post-Malaysia has decided that they wanted to do more. And in the extension of the project, we have done a lot more and supported them by doing training of trainers for all of their state trainers. Wonderful. And they themselves have then taken on and done more in their Sabah and Sarawak office. Because we are, we are kind of separated. So a lot of the work that we could do for them was mostly just based here in Kuala Lumpur. But they have taken the resources and they have duplicated it and done it on their own in Sabah and Sarawak. That's really great. So they recognise how huge this problem is as well. Yes, definitely. They have great leadership and the people we're working with have... Take, have done more and beyond what we expected them to do, actually. So it's very, very impressive. Mm-hmm. Were there any other stakeholders involved as well? I mean, like the wildlife department, for example? Yes, so like the main stakeholder was to engage with Post Malaysia okay. as a beginning. Yeah. And then, of course, we have to engage with law enforcement. So at the Post Malaysia International Hub, we have engaged with the customs because they are based there. They work hand in hand mm-hmm. to screen and scan parcels and postal coming in. And at the same time, we have also engaged uh, MCMC, which is communications and digital data. So we have to make sure because they are the regulators. They assign licensees, they manage licensees, they have to check. They're the regulators who check if anybody has, um, how do I say, anybody has broken the law in any way and Mm. they have the right to investigate anything. So those are the few main stakeholders. But if not, the first two years were with Post Malaysia and now the last two years, which ends in a few months, the last two years we're working with other postal and courier companies. Okay. And, yeah. and that's, I mean, that's huge because Post Malaysia is clearly not the only one. So there's, yes. and, and we've seen uh, how, you know, especially during the pandemic, so many new other career services have come up, right? So there's Correct. massive work to be done. But what did the training sort of include or entail? You know, maybe you can just walk us through uh, what, what it yeah, was Yeah, like. I think the, the general flow would be a quick introduction to wildlife trade. A lot of people still think that it's not a problem. Mm. A lot of people, I won't say now people don't know about it. They do. But I think they don't understand the scale yeah. and the impact of it. Like when we talk about this to Postal, they we have we hear cases of them where they have to open a box that could have a venomous snake. Mm. So that that so alone safety, is right? it's a yeah. safety issue for them. So we talk about wildlife trade in general. We try and impart on them that this is a huge impact, and there's a lot of things that, as a company, there are a lot of things that you can do to try and will not end it, but to try and address the issue. And then from there, we talk about the crazy cases that you see, just to give them an idea, because you don't know what you don't know. Mm. Once you see a case, once you see how it is packed or how it is labelled, and you give them more examples of how things are moved around, and they get the idea and they are more open to it. And when they see something next time, you know, the bulb in their mind will go, oh, this could be something else. Right. And then we provide them a lot of resources. We have given, we have produced a lot of awareness materials for them. We have produced a lot of training materials for them. And we've given them all this for them to uh, disseminate company-wide. And the same materials we are going to give to the other postal and courier companies before this project ends too. It's just to sensitise them to the the topic at hand, but also to give them clear and specific ideas of here's how it is done and here's what you should look out for. 
Okay. Yeah. Okay. And of course, you are basing this on all, you know, all the uh, uh, info and analysis that you've gathered, not yes. just from Malaysia, but from across the world. Yes. As well, yes. Right? Definitely. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And um, and so okay, so all the different uh, stakeholders participated, but maybe some positive outcomes you can share, you know, from all the trainings, you know, some success stories, perhaps. Yes. Yes. Um, like I said, Post Malaysia has gone way and beyond what we thought that they could do. Mm-hmm. So they've done a lot more. That's that's a huge success story because. Whenever anybody we engage want to do more on their own, it just shows commitment and it shows that when the project ends, they can do so much more on their own and they can be champions to the other companies in Malaysia, for example. Um, the one thing that we are absolutely stoked about is, um, so after we did, we engaged with Post Malaysia in 2019, by 2020, there was a sevenfold jump in the detection of wildlife smuggling through Post Malaysia International Hub. Okay. And I think even yeah. they were <laughs> pleasantly surprised, you know, because because of the pandemic, we didn't do any intensive training or whatnot. You know, we, we did our best. We did some online. We provided materials. We did one short session with them. We, we provided them with tools and props and things like that. But a sevenfold jump is pretty impressive. And it also, there was also an increase in the following year for 2021. So we're very, very proud of that and we're very proud of them for being able to detect this because sometimes people think that if you don't detect it, it means it doesn't happen. Mm-hmm. Not necessarily true. So, And um, right now we're working with them to try and get them to record because it's great that you found something, mm. um, but we want them to also properly record so that there's data for them so that they know where did this come from, how can we use this information as they move on. So. All that is very useful for the company. Okay. Yeah. And that sort of information is then also shared with, let's say, you guys as well, you know, to help with your analysis yes. and your tracking. Yeah. Correct. So in in since we're working with them closely in this project, we have asked that if you are comfortable with it, do let us know because whatever information you share with us that will be useful for other companies, we then produce into either resource or something that we can then hand over to other postal career. Okay. I forgot to mention just now, we're also working with the Association of Malaysian Express Carriers mm. and they have about 30 plus members for now and they are very, very, very committed also. They're willing to work with us and they've taken all the resources we have and shared with their members too. So, Whichever company is willing to give us information that we can share to improve capacity, we will try and get it. Okay, okay. And you are basically open to working with anybody, right? I mean, whatever uh, gaps you can fill, you're definitely there too. Yes, definitely. Okay. And and, and speaking of gaps, you know, I mean, what are some of the gaps that still, I guess, remain? You know, what do we need to, I guess, we need to do, right? We have to keep one step ahead of the smugglers and the traffickers. And I know that's a difficult uh, task, but, you know, what are some of the things that we need to be very cognizant of? I think... Working on this project in the last few years, the main thing is we have to realise that we are working with private companies Mm. um, who have different priorities and their priorities are very different from let's save wildlife. So we don't go in trying to say let's save wildlife. That's one of the biggest challenges. So when we approach them, we are looking to work with them and see whether you have policies or regulations or any SOPs that's related to safety, security or dangerous goods or prohibited items. And all you need to do is just add a component of wildlife because we can't go in there and demand that they create a policy just for wildlife. These companies have their own um, key indicators to reach. Uh, they have their own profits to think of. So that's the main challenge. And the other big challenge is to get people talking, 
like a lot of times there are many stakeholders that can play a big role in this, for example, from law enforcement to regulators to postal companies, but they are very seldom placed in the same room mm-hmm. or on the same platform at the same time. Mm-hmm. So we try to have as many events as we can or as many meetings as we can to get them involved, just to sit down, meet each other and collaborate. And once you know the face, once you have that number to call, it's just much easier to move forward whenever you have any issues. Okay. Yeah. Is there anything that is that holds them, anything that's legally binding that they need to? Because it's like, you know, if it's drugs, obviously there's, there's laws, right? But for yeah. wildlife, are there any sort of laws in place at the moment? Right. So under the Postal, uh, Postal Act itself, it isn't specifically stated that you cannot uh, transport wildlife or parts and products. Um, the Postal Act services is quite generic where it just says that you just have to make sure that you abide by general rules. However, in Malaysia, we have a pretty strong wildlife law and the wildlife law says that you can't possess, you can't transport, you can't sail or trade in protected species. So that in the wildlife law, it covers, it gives protection to some uh, wildlife species, but not specifically in the Postal Act. Okay. Uh, Post Malaysia, for example, has done a brilliant job. What they have done is um, they have included a mention of live animals in their prohibited list. This is a little um, little poster or a little card that you see at all post offices. So you can't send gold or money or obviously bombs and drugs, but they've also included um, wildlife in that list. I think it doesn't cover everything, but I think it's a really good start. Mm-hmm. I mean, really, they recognise, right, how big the problem is. Yes. And it's wonderful that it's in every single Post Malaysia uh, uh, hub, I suppose, yes. right? Uh, so that people know that. And, and how else are you guys at Traffic working with the private sector uh, to tackle this problem on any other programs or projects that you can tell us about? Yes, just before um, before this postal project started, we were working very closely with the aviation sector. So we worked with uh, a lot of airlines and airports. It's a, it was a global project, so we worked with many airlines and airports around the world. And it's it goes around the same flow. Mm-hmm. So it's to sensitise them to the issue at hand. And then we spoke to them about how the different roles at airports and in an airline, how you can detect possible instances of wildlife smuggling and what you can do about it. And, and because the aviation sector is very, very sensitive to time, okay. everything had to be short and sweet. Uh, and we couldn't do anything too intense with them in that sense. And that was when we learned that we could work through their policies or through their existing guidelines, whatever they had on dangerous goods or on other safety issues. So we learned from that that we can then uh, include a mention of wildlife. And that was the way that they picked it up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. All right. And and I do understand that you'd like to extend the training uh, that you've been doing to others, right? You're having a best practices workshop, and this is happening on the 9th of August. Can you tell us a bit more about that? Yes, we have. Uh, this is like a closing mm-hmm. of a four year project um, that we are very very proud of. So, in this best practices workshop, we have several speakers who will come and talk about what they have done in their company, what has worked and how to overcome certain challenges. And then we also have law enforcement, Malaysian law enforcement to come and talk about what their efforts are. Um, they have done quite a lot to try and address the issue. And at the same time, we're going to take this opportunity to share all the resources that we have developed with postal and career companies in Malaysia. Mm. 
Okay. Okay. So that's that's huge, right? And um, would you have details of how people can participate? You know, who could uh, in, uh, could join and participate? Yes. So this is not open to public. Mm-hmm. It is for postal and courier companies. As long as you're a postal and courier company registered in Malaysia, you just need to go to our Facebook page, uh, Traffic Southeast Asia Facebook page, and uh, the information will be there. And it is free. Yeah, it's <laughs> it is free. limited okay. spaces though, because. Okay. Um, we are looking at maybe not exceeding 60 to 70 packs. Mm-hmm. Um, registration is open now, but it will close in a week. Okay, all right. It's, it's, uh, and it's how long would the training sort of last for? Um, it's a whole day event. Yeah. Okay. All right. So I guess all the information uh, is over at the the Traffic Southeast Asia Facebook, Facebook page. page. Yes. Uh, and any information, of course, any other information, I suppose, you know, people want to find out more about the issue, everything's available at your website, traffic.org, right? Yes. Okay. Yes. Excellent. Uh, Renee, thank you so much thank for joining you. me today. Uh, any concluding message or any, any message for our listeners that you'd like to leave us with? So what I want to say to the companies, maybe the postal and courier companies out there is, um, based on what we have explained, wildlife trafficking can be risky for your company. It's a business risk, it's a reputational risk, and also it's a safety risk for your personnel. So it doesn't take a lot to do that little bit to make sure that your company can address these issues. It can be from setting up simple SOPs or just small policies along the way to make sure that everyone in your company is aware. And um, but on a personal level, I think each and every one of us play a huge part as consumers. And, you know, if you're not sure where your exotic pet is coming from, if you're not sure where something is coming from, if it's a wildlife, maybe think twice or do your research properly and uh, buy responsibly. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And even if you know if you're on social media and you see sort of like these people trading or offering these sorts of products and services, yeah. right? I mean, we can always report that to Pahilitan, isn't it? Yes. If we're in Peninsula Malaysia, of course. Yes. yes yeah. Okay. Yeah. So there are different methods, and get in touch with you guys, right? Uh, yes. As definitely. Well? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Well, um, my thanks again to my guest. I was speaking to Renee Yi. She's a training and capacity building officer at Traffic. We were talking about how wildlife is being moved through mail and postal services, but how uh, postal services are actually getting the right training uh, to identify and to stop this. Again, uh, those websites to head to is traffic.org or uh, the Traffic Southeast Asia Facebook page. But if you miss any part of our conversation today, you can always search for the podcast at bfm.my slash earth. You can also find it on the BFM app. This has been Earth Matters on The Bigger Picture, BFM 89.9. You have been listening to a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. For more stories of the same kind, download the BFM app.